I couldn't be religious and gay. It was impossible. I was being marketed as some sort of like teenage it girl. When a girl kissed me on my 18th birthday, a whole other world opened up to me. I was a minor nuisance. Eight Australians will tell you about the choices that have led them to unexpected places. These are some of the stories you will hear on Let Me Tell You, a podcast where real people tell incredible real stories. Look for Let Me Tell You and follow wherever you get your podcasts. I'd like to acknowledge the traditional owners of the lands I'm recording from and pay my respects to the Camaragal people of the Kulin Nation and their elders past and present. I also acknowledge the traditional owners of the lands you're listening from. In this bonus episode of Great Minds, we have a conversation with teacher Shanti Goins, who led the Vipassana meditation in this series. Shanti talks more about Vipassana, how you can get started on your meditation journey, and how the practice has changed her life. Hi, Shanti. Welcome to Great Minds. Lovely to be here, Sarah. So, Shanti, tell us what is Vipassana? Vipassana is a meditation practice that was taught from the time of the Buddha. The word Vipassana means insight. And it's not an easy practice, but it's one that has tremendous rewards. Can you talk us through what it involves? It starts off by taming the mind, then training the mind, and then transcending the mind. So Shanti, tell me about the impact that meditation has had in your life. Meditation is the most compelling thing that I've ever done in my life because the world is so full of stress. We live in a world where we are flight and fight all the time and it just allows people to touch the reality of who they are. It keeps you both grounded as well as it allows you to transcend the everyday ground of contemporary understanding of who we are and experience a deeper reality. Can you tell me a bit about the specifics of the practice, like of Vipassana, like how do you actually undertake it? The way I like to teach it is through the way of the body, the breath and the mind. So there's some steps that people can start to work with and master whilst building the practice. Um, the body is not just the anatomical body that you see in the mirror or just the body of appearance. You know, it's the body of form and feeling and sensation, perception, mental formations and consciousness. So processing all that is really coming to terms with being in touch with those five essentials, the aggregates that pull together to make up the body. And has, you know, doing this practice, has it helped you through a lot of difficult times in your own life? Like how has it helped you live a better life having this practice as a part of your kind of daily uh, spiritual practice? It keeps me on an even keel. So it allows me to handle whatever is thrown at me and to do 
in inverted commas, the right thing. I don't want to be moralistic here, but, you know, there is the right thing as per the time and place and occasion. And I think meditation allows me to do that because there's no rules. There's a platform that you work from. And then when you need to, you know, you have to deal with what's happening in the present. Do you feel like you are more in touch with your intuition? Yes, I I work from three brains, the gut brain, the heart brain, and the cerebral brain. So the rationality is part of our academic studies and processing. The heart brain is something that you feel and connect with as a living human being. And then the gut brain is very, very intuitive. It's It doesn't listen to any rationality. So I think meditation has helped me unify these three aspects of information. Wow. And can you give an example of, I guess, a decision that you've made that ended up being the right decision because you trusted your gut or some insight you got through meditation? Well, it's it's not necessarily have to be very deep. If someone asks you, does this outfit make me look fat? The answer is always, of course not. Right. Now that goes against the teaching of non-lying. But it's not an answer that is going to hurt anyone. Right. It's something the person there needs some reassurance. Right. They need to be held and in your heart. And reassure whatever they're doing is fine. It's not about whether they're fat or thin. So overcoming the the rationality of the strict rules, you know, not lying, that's one that is an easy one to, uh, to bend and be flexible with. And Shanti, tell me a bit about how meditation has transformed the lives of some of your students. It's palpable. They come in really stressed. You can feel their energy frazzled all over the place. And by the end of even one session, they they believe in themselves again. They haven't allowed the distractions of the world to kind of keep distorting who they think they are. The translation of the word meditation, dhyana is the Sanskrit word, the yogic word as well. It means to remember and to remember we are dismembered in our everyday lives and more and more get dismembered. So we just bring ourselves back to being whole again. So for a lot of the people at home who have never meditated before, who are new to the practice, what do you suggest in terms of how they should, I guess, start? What should they do, you know, just to kind of start getting into the practice? Like how how should they prepare themselves? I think the best way to start is with the body and to find the best posture for the body and to give yourself some time for to settle the body because we live in the body at the end of the day it's we live inside the skin we're in so and most of the time we for no bad reasons for often the most dedicated reasons we sacrifice who we are and our bodily needs in terms of well-being 
For those of us who are new to meditation, what do you recommend in terms of how you can prepare? To start getting the body settled, uh, whether you're sitting or lying down. Of course, people fall asleep when they're lying down, which is why we prefer people to sit up. Closing the eyes also helps people shut out the world. And for some people, that's necessary. But if you find yourself falling asleep, you can just open your eyes a little bit and let light in. And then I think the starting point is to learn to concentrate. Whether it's with a mantra, like a sound, or an image, or light. For me, the breath because it's there wherever we are, just start to work, just looking, focusing on the breath. And I think for beginners, they can just start, make themselves calm and peaceful, like turn the phone off and find a secluded spot if they can. And then just spend a few minutes focusing. And I would strongly, because it works for me, the breath. I think some people can find the idea of meditation really intimidating. And there's this idea that you have to do a 10-day retreat, but you can just meditate anywhere, can't you? You can do it even for a few minutes and you can do it in your living room. Correct. Anywhere, at any time. And with the breath, there's just three principles. Breathe in and out through your nose. Slow your breathing down. And allow the out-breath to be a little bit longer than the in-breath. And a lot of us are not even aware of how we're breathing. Like when you're stressed stressed out, your breathing is very shallow. And um, yeah, actually slowing down your breath completely kind of slows you down as well in a way that you're not even aware of. Like you're just doing it automatically and unconsciously. Yes, people don't know how to breathe. And when people get anxious and stressed, they reverse the cycle of relax. The breath relaxation will help if the out breath is longer than the in breath. But when people get anxious, they breathe in stronger, right? And that makes them even more stressed. Thank you so much, Shanti, for your insights and for being here today. It's been a pleasure. Thank you for having me. <laughs>